Welcome to Here We Grow, a grassroots podcast by Southwest Georgia Farm Credit focused on education and inspiring growth down on the farm, at home, and in rural communities. Whether you're a farmer or farm her, advocate, land lover, or southern dweller, we have industry experts and homegrown leaders ready to share their insights with you. Thanks for listening. Here We Grow with Episode 12. I'm Anna Kinchin, Marketing Manager for Southwest Georgia Farm Credit and filling in for Billy Billings today. Today's episode is focused on Southern architecture, home construction, home financing, and rural living. I would like to welcome my co-host, Heather Dozier. Heather is a residential loan officer with Southwest Georgia Farm Credit Home Loans. She has spent the past decade helping borrowers in our area finance their next home, be that their first home or their forever home. Heather is from Albany, Leesburg area. She attended Darton College and Troy University. Heather, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I joined Southwest Georgia Farm Credit in 2022, and I'm excited to share my knowledge of the housing market with our listeners today. I would like to welcome one of my guests, Kurt Lamon. Having started as a residential painting contractor in 2003 and a home builder in 2004, Kurt has 20 years of experience in meeting and exceeding customers' expectations. Kurt is involved in all aspects of the business, from quality control, project management, and overall operations of the business. Currently, he focuses on building custom homes in Lee County and the surrounding areas. Kurt, tell us about your business and give our listeners insight into the homes you are constructing. Okay, I'll be glad to. Thanks for having me. Um, I have, you know, like you said, I've been building since 2004. Mainly build custom homes, but we also build, uh, you know, some higher end spec houses. In the last Three or four years, we've been probably 95% custom homes. Um, we, we like to start, you know, working with our customers on the front end. Um, some people will come with a with a lot and a floor plan. Some people come, um, you know, just knowing they want to build a house. And so every situation is a little different. It's obviously great when someone has a, has a you know, a track of land and has a floor plan. But part of the, the process is trying to figure out, you know, what you, what you want to build and how much it's going to cost. And so sometimes that process is kind of done simultaneously. I do have a, a few things I wanted to, to kind of mention, some things that, that I, I very commonly discuss with, with my customers and uh, more so with the design aspect of building a new home. There's a few things I guess we could call them, you know, must-haves for, for building. And I, and I say this, these are probably more of the most common uh, items that we do. So I, I think because we see the consistencies and and what people want is probably uh, worthy of definitely considering if you're, you know, looking at building a new home. Um, for the first thing that that or one of the items that we see is, you know, everybody wants big closets or either a his hers closet. That's just kind of a uh, almost, you know, everyone wants that. And and then, you know, the the next thing, especially with open concepts, I'm, I I don't know if anybody has come into my office and, and talked about building a house that didn't want an open concept. Um, in the last five or ten years. So with that, um, you, naturally, you lose some cabinet space. Um, so because of that, you'll start your, you know, we're seeing most people do really big islands, um, big islands, and, and in addition to that, uh, walk-in pantries. And, and what's nice about those is because you do lose some 
you know, cabinet space with, with, a, with an open concept kitchen, essentially one less wall of cabinets, you can utilize the walk-in pantries uh, for overflow of storage. So those are kind of some items that, that I would suggest, you know, considering in, in, when working through your design. Also, uh, you know, way back in the day, eight-foot ceilings were standard, and, and nine-foots, I would say, more of the new standard. But we're starting to see a lot more people building with, you know, 10-foot ceilings throughout. Now, you're still seeing tray ceilings and vaults and cathedrals, but 10-foot ceilings are becoming, I would say, almost as common as, as nine-foot ceilings. And then if you do the 10-foot ceilings, you'll start to see, a lot of people doing eight foot tall doors. So those are some things that that you you know once you started you can't really change um, that I would consider you know on the front end when you're on the drawing board. Obviously there's some costs associated with going from nine foot to ten foot ceilings and standard height doors to eight foot doors, but definitely something to consider and and really not a significant amount. So so we're seeing a lot of people uh, opting for that option. A few other things and, and this isn't necessarily a I wouldn't say this is a must-have, but it's pretty popular. We're doing a lot of um, walk-in showers instead of a, you know, instead of like a five-foot by four-foot, you know, more of a square, you know, shower, you're starting to see people doing more elongated showers. And instead of doing glass doors, they're doing walk-in to where you have no glass. And and I like the concept of that just for not having to clean the glass. And so it all, you know, depends on the layout of the bathroom, but that's been a pretty popular feature. And then just some other little items that some of these can be done along the way. You know, ice makers, most of those require drains. So that's something that if you don't plan on on the very beginning, it would be expensive to do. Uh, you know, prep sinks in the kitchen, you know, pot fillers are certain things that, that we're starting to see. And we've been seeing for the last five years people incorporating in the design. So just some things that, you know, the list could go on. But I would say those are probably the some of the most common um must have so that we are that we've been doing some of your customers are are they um paying careful consideration to outdoor spaces as well when they're when they're having you design their their home uh, i would say for sure um you know sometimes people will come in and, and you know one of them will all they'll want and talk about is the kitchen while the other one all they want to talk about is the back porch um now you know i know Personally, we use our back porch a lot, and I think a lot of people do the same. And so we're doing a lot of outdoor kitchens that we're building in to the house. Typically, we'll build it with the same masonry as we're doing around the foundation of the home. Some of the porches that we've done, instead of just enough room for a, a you know a chair and a couple of tables, mm-hmm. you could fit a you know a whole living room suit. So I think that's definitely becoming a big thing the you know the only downside of that is there is a cost associated with it and depending on you know i guess the appraisal which is obviously very important when someone's building a home you don't get a whole lot of value for having a big porch or having an outdoor kitchen so i like for people to understand if they do certain things like that they may have they may have to spend 10 15 20 thousand dollars but they may not get any credit for it on paper and so that's something to kind of take in it consideration um if you want it obviously you you spend the money but some people think or don't realize going into the process that even though the house costs you know four hundred thousand dollars it may not appraise for four hundred thousand and a lot of times we'll see that in cases where you have you know three car garages or you know 1500 square feet of porches and an outdoor kitchen and outdoor fireplace so some things that people won't just have to kind of understand that you may not get all that back in in value um but if it's your home, you're going to build, you're going to be there for, you know, five, ten, forever, 
you know, then it's something that is, is we're seeing as well worth it and probably doing uh, really nice outdoor living spaces in, in probably half of our homes. What areas do you see people spending the most money on in the construction process? Um, well, it's been tough. It's kind of a tough question because it's there's been so many changes in pricing in the last two years that it's kind of relative, I guess. Um, most people, let me, let me answer this way, most people who uh, will, I guess, go over budget, most of those are going to be on uh, flooring and tile, light fixtures, appliances, but it, it all depends on where we set those budgets at, too. So if, if someone were to come in at day one and say, I've already looked at these appliances, I've got a quote, I know they're going to cost $10,000, well, then we know we plug in $10,000 for our appliance budget, and we're going to be on budget. Now, other times, you know, I might go into it, and I might set a $10,000 allowance because we haven't had any kind of discussion in, into that yet at that point, and then two months into the project, you know, they're looking at $20,000 worth of appliances or or the opposite, $5,000 worth of appliances. So um, it all really, the more you can, the more due diligence you can put in on the front end, the better off you'll be on your budget. And so when I when I talk to people, I make sure they understand that when I'm guessing, you know, I'm, I'm literally guessing on some of these allowance items because some people will be as happy as they can be with this $5,000 set of appliances while another person may come in and pick out a uh, you know, $12,000 refrigerator. So I really like for people to put as much time they, as they can into shopping for, you know, what what I call my allowance items, which are going to be things that the customer really has the say-so on what they want, you know, as far as light fixtures, tile, wood flooring, um, and, and those kind of things. I love what you said about, you know, open concept. What can homeowners what do homeowners need to consider when they're choosing an architect and designing plans for the property that they've purchased? How do they get started with you? So the first thing, which is a little bit even before you get to the floor plan, is, and this is something that in in years past has led to some big problems, particularly in, in neighborhoods that already have smaller lots. If you're building on a track of land where you've got several acres, it's a little bit different. But the first thing I always suggest is making sure that you get a level three soil survey. And essentially that's required by most health departments and definitely recommended. But that's just to determine that where you want to put the house, that you can find some suitable soils around for a septic tank. That's kind of the first thing to go ahead and do. In most cases it works, especially if you have a little bit of room and you have more options to pick from. But I do that. I always recommend doing that first. Second, um, you can go and you can contact, you know, one of, you know, five or ten draftsmen or architects in the area that all do a really good job. But I've always recommended going straight online to start. Now, I'm not saying purchase the plans online, but there's so many options that what it does is it helps people really get ideas. It, you know, they might you know, may find certain things on one plan that they like and other things on another plan, but it, it really gets the wheel spinning. And from there, you can either at that point, one, decide if you want to purchase the plans, if there's not much that you want to change, or two, you're prepared to go and meet with the draftsman and show them what you're wanting to do and have a little bit more than just a, a napkin with a few rooms drawn. So I think if people put the time into it um, before they meet, I think they'll have a lot smoother experience working with a draftsman or an architect. I would probably suggest calling at least two and just seeing who maybe you know you feel most comfortable with. Some people might be more like-minded and and feel like you can get exactly what you want with them while the other person you may feel like you're kind of 
you know, hitting the wall. So I think it's worth a conversation or a couple of conversations with, you know, at least two, if not three draftsmen and see who you feel comfortable with. Definitely would, like I said, suggest uh, looking online, saving pictures, saving plans, and being more prepared to, to really get that process started. Do you think that the design of the home should be dictated by the land? Do you enjoy going out and surveying the property before you, you know, commit to a design? Not necessarily. You know, a lot of, I mean, there's, there's some times where people will have a, a nice pond or lake behind the house, and naturally that's going to probably lead to, to, you know, more windows on the backside. But in most cases, you know, if you had like a busier road or a busier highway, you might want to consider putting your master bedroom on the opposite side of the house or flipping the house. But for the most part, there's, you can kind of work. There, it doesn't impact it as much as you would think. Now, you know, as far as the, the lot itself, if you do get into, you know, a very sloped lot, I would consider either one, maybe a different placement, just because it does increase the cost if you have a lot of slope. But sometimes you can play that into the design. In South Georgia, we don't have that much fall over the course of a 70 or 80 foot house. So it's, it's really hard to work in um, basements. But in, from time to time, if you happen to have an area where you have six, seven, eight feet of fall from the front to the back, those are some things where maybe it would be worth considering looking at the actual topo of the lot combined with the architecture of the house. But it's pretty pretty rare that it really makes a huge difference locally. Kirk, what percentage would you say are the number of homes you build in a rural setting or on acreage versus you know what you build for customers inside the city limits? I would probably say 40% that are on acreage and 60%, you know, in 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 developments or in subdivisions. And what would you say is the appeal of Southern living or living in Southwest Georgia for you? From personal experience, I lived uh, in Atlanta for two and a half years, and it, it's it's it was wild for me. But to to be there and not be able to drive from you know one place to another without seeing a field or seeing some woods or seeing a little bit of nothing that was it was almost traumatic for me to to not see that for for days and days and days so to me i i you know i love the you know having a little bit of of space you know having a little bit of nothing not feeling like you have somebody on top of you everywhere you turn the pace of the the, the pace in general compared to a more populated area it just was the right fit for me. And, and again, that's kind of more of a personal uh, preference, but just to be able to see the fields and, and have a little bit of space is probably the biggest, biggest thing. All right, Kurt, this might be a hard question for you, but what's one of your favorite custom designs as of late, or what's one of your favorite custom designs to date? Ooh, that is a tough one. Um, there's two or three plans that stick out to me as, as my favorites. Both of them are kind of a, I guess you could consider a modern farmhouse. Both are very open concept. Both have the the kitchens with the big islands and the walk-in pantries. Um, but you know, I wouldn't. I don't know if any of any of those two or three really stick out as my favorite. It's kind of like I have pieces, bits and pieces of of several houses and several jobs that that you know is or what I like about them. And so I don't know if one house in particular really stands out. I was just gonna um, talk about the new product that we started recently with Southwest Georgia Farm Credit, and that's the construction of perm product. And that is a one-time closing construction to permanent financing 
It's 95% financing for primary residents, and it's also 90% for a second home. And the advantage to this is you only have one set of closing costs, and that's right up front. You have 12 months for the construction of that home, and once that's complete, we just do a modification and then term out the loan for 15, 30 years, whichever the customer chooses. Most people prefer that because you don't have to go through the construction loan and then go through another set of loan costs and loan documents and everything like that. And it's just one quick loan closing that takes you from start to finish. Most places you can do your in-house construction loan, then you have to term out secondary, another market, whole another set of loan documents, applications, loan fees, originations, and That's the major benefit I see from this C2P product is that you just have that one-time set of loan closing cost, and you never have to touch it again, and everything's taken care of from start to finish. We work with the builders. We take care of inspections and take it from start to finish, and it's a lot less hassle for the customer. It's a great loan product. Yes. All righty. Well, next up today, we welcome Andy Wood. Andy was born and raised in southwest Georgia and has worked in Lee County selling real estate now for over 20 years. Andy opened the virtual realty team focused on providing an exceptional experience for one of the largest decisions many people make, buying or selling a home. Andy, you have the floor. Tell us what you're seeing up in Lee County. All right. Well, thank you for having me today. Well, I would say up here in Lee County, Albany area, we're seeing the market just wait back up again, really. I think we had a we experienced a brief break maybe over the holidays, but you know as January comes on and now February is approaching, the market's starting to heat back up. It's that time of year we start seeing our sellers getting homes ready for sale, and we've got buyers that are already, you know, searching out for home loans and and looking for new properties for themselves. Andy, tell us a little bit about the appeal of living in Southwest Georgia for you and your perspective as a realtor <clears throat> and selling the dream of rural living. Well, I think the appeal of living in Southwest Georgia for me is just the slower pace of life. I think Kurt kind of hit on that as well. But, you know, the fact that we have trees and we have space and we're not on top of each other, I believe it's very appealing to me. I think it's appealing to a lot of our buyers locally. And, and of course, we're starting to see the same thing, um, people migrating here from all over these big uh, metropolises. Um, you see a lot of, a lot of customers um, migrating out of, like, the Albany you know, urban areas and more into Lee County, Leesburg? Sure. We see, you know, the local people of Albany, Albany being the most population-dense population, population dense area around here. Um, but we're also seeing a big influx of people from South Florida, upstate New York, Michigan. There's a lot of people that are being drawn this way to southwest Georgia. Uh, I think it's, you know, partly due to the fact that it's more affordable. Um, cost of living here is much better. You buy, you can certainly get much more house here for your money than you can elsewhere. And I believe a lot of these people, especially outside of our local market, I think they're selling their homes for top dollar and coming here, buying a very nice house, and then still having some money left over. Are you seeing kind of right now the housing prices decrease a little bit or they kind of stay in the same? Well, I would say currently, I would say they're pretty much in line with where they were last year, which you know we became accustomed to seem like every week the price were going up, you know, and monthly. It just kept going up and going up, and, you know, we didn't see an end in sight. And, of course, it leveled off. I think the price has really leveled off probably around September of 2022, and I think they've maintained that number even even into January. The stuff that we're selling now, which is still selling pretty quickly, We've gone from selling homes in 24 hours to 
two to four days on average, I think now. But those homes are, I would say, very comparable in price to last year. You know, it hasn't really jumped up anymore yet. Now, I think as the market continues to heat up, as it seems to always do, you know, end of February, March, April, I got a feeling the prices will go up a little bit more. Despite the fact that interest rates rose over the last year, there's really no better time than now to stop paying someone else's mortgage and and pay your own instead, especially if you're considering, you know, home ownership. The reality is that real estate is considered a sound investment and allows you to build wealth for the future. Ultimately, owning your own home can create greater financial stability for you and your family while you put down some roots. And it can be both a financial and emotional win for you, the home buyer. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And here at Southwest Georgia Farm Credit, I mean, we understand life in rural communities. We live here, we work here, and we're trying to help rural home buyers. The properties that are eligible for home financing by Southwest Georgia Farm Credit include home sites, residential lots, new construction, as Heather mentioned, and land. And we offer those personalized services for home purchases, refinancing, construction to perm loans, second homes, and those homes with acreage, which is our specialty. I think that's the biggest misconception about Southwest Georgia Farm Credit. Most people think we only do ag and farm loans and not the residential That's side right. And, and you guys offer so many more services that, you know, most people have no idea. Well, how about some tips for... Uh, for buyers in the Lee County, Albany area? What you got? Uh, tips for our buyers. I would say start looking now. Um, you don't necessarily have to go inside a home just yet, but, you know, if, if well, of course, if you're ready to purchase now, but if you're still three to six months out, I would say go ahead and start doing some research. Go ahead and get with a good mortgage lender like Farm Credit and get pre-approved. And, you know, that way, if there are any surprises that you don't know about in your credit, you know, you have an opportunity to work on them and get ready for the market that is to come. Um, there are houses coming on the market starting now, but certainly the the, the biggest group or the, or the most homes will be coming on the market faster and more often as, as we get closer to you know, March and April. So just being prepared, you know, having your down payment ready is you're not doing a USDA loan, which I know you guys are able to do, that's 100% financing. But most people aren't going to do that. They're not going to choose that option. So be working and saving towards the down payment. Focus on where you really want to be. What's your location? What are your, you know, what are your wants and desires in your new home? And kind of streamline and figure out what it is. That certainly makes my job easier as a realtor for a buyer to know what they really are looking for. Sometimes they come in with, we just want to buy a house. Well, we ask, well, where? In Lee County, okay, but <laughs> what are you looking for? <laughs> well, Andy, we hear so, this from time to time. Do you prefer showing homes to buyers that are already pre-approved? Do you feel like uh, it helps them to be a little bit more competitive in this market? Absolutely. We love showing homes to pre-approved buyers. I think it, it definitely gives us incentive and, and motivation as an agent, knowing that we have a pre-approved buyer that's that's ready today. If we find the house they want, can they put a successful contract on it or is financing still up in the air? So I'd say it's a huge part for, you know, a huge thing for us. Um, and we actually get probably pretty excited about the fact we know that a buyer is already you know, that motivated, they've already done their their homework and they're ready to go. So when they're ready to go, that makes us want to go even harder for them. Yeah, getting pre-qualified for a home loan is an early step in your home buying journey. 
it simply means you're, you're getting an estimate of what you might be able to borrow based upon information you provide about your finances. Your lender, hopefully Southwest Georgia Farm Credit, will also check your credit. A credit check is necessary to get pre-qualified, will not negatively impact your credit score. This is also a great opportunity to get to know your lender and understand the different mortgage options of what will work best for you. Um, At Southwest Georgia Farm Credit, our goal is to help you feel confident going out into that marketplace and finding the home you want and need. And tips for getting started uh, to get that pre-approval is, you know, know what you can afford. Your realtor and the seller will be counting on you to fulfill the terms of your contract. Be confident that you can obtain financing, be competitive in the marketplace, and get to the closing table faster. What tips do you have for sellers? Well, for sellers, you know, again, we're in the first part of the year, so what better time than to go ahead and start your new year out with decluttering? I recommend finish any projects that you've already started on. Most likely you started on them last year and never finished them. So get those projects finished. Do the decluttering. Curb appeal is huge. Although that we don't have a huge inventory, and I don't see us getting a huge inventory, you're still competing as a seller against another property. So curb appeal is huge. Let's put some emphasis on making your home attractive. And I think you begin working on that now. It's it's not the prettiest outside, you know, as far as conditions, but you can go ahead and start trimming the bushes, maybe get the house washed and wait to do the final touches right when you're ready to put your house on the market. Well, whether purchasing land, building a home or relocating from the city, Southwest Georgia Farm Credit understands the appeal. We also understand the market and we're here to help. Well, guys, that concludes our podcast today with Kurt and Andy. Heather and I thank you for joining us. For more information, visit our website, swgafarmcredit.com, and make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app to get notified of new episodes. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram for great industry resources. Thanks for listening.